Who's gonna come and save you? People gonna save children. People gonna save women. Man, gotta figure the fuck out himself. I think the number one cause of depression is because a lot of people haven't found God. The amount of fucking rich people that are just walking around the, the building casually. You can see how they talk. You can tell this guy is a nerd. This guy did this. This guy for, for, for his whole entire life has had this mindset. For you guys, what's the most effective way that you guys have gotten clients? Most effective way of getting clients is being true to yourself and don't be afraid to show your personality. Because yeah. that's, that's what's really going to separate you from all the other online fitness coaches. People say it's a saturated market. I mean, it is, but only if you're a stale, boring-ass motherfucker. Make them like you. Make them trust you. Make them know you. And they'll be a lot more keen to join you in your coaching program. And I think when anyone first starts out running their own business, whether you're doing your social media marketing or you're doing your personal training or even real estate, it all starts kind of with word word of mouth. 100%. And then from there, you kind of start to build. I know I would hustle people at my gym. I would always just start some random conversation. Oh, you look so familiar. I don't know where I've seen you before. Oh, you know, which neighborhood are you in? They tell me their neighborhood. Oh, I show a lot of houses there. And then just start talking about real estate or whatever it is. Then over time, you start, you know, once you close your first few deals, then you can start putting money into mass marketing, whether it's social media marketing or print marketing. When you first start, it's word of mouth and cold calling. 100%. 100%. And you guys just do cold calls? I'll still pick up the phone on Thursdays and Fridays. And then what about sales? Let's say, for example, one yeah. of your clients is just unsure about your service and maybe they're not unsure about your service. Maybe they are sure about your service, but at the same time, they don't have either the money or the time or just the means or whatever it may be. How do you, how do you close them? What's your, what's your little line? People have the money. They just don't know where it's going. And if you can tell them, okay, you're spending $400 a month eating out. Is that serving you hit your fitness goals? You just told me about, you just cried to me about how painful it is being 45 pounds overweight is buying all those buying all those meals in and out serving you okay it's not so do you think it would work better if you put that money towards something that's going to actually help you lose those 45 pounds mm-hmm. i see and for me it's just honestly the, the the best way that i saw people is just getting trust way before i even yeah. give them the pitch or give them the price or build the sale or whatever i'll give you an example there was one time one of my clients or leads per se they were just starting a business but they've had experience in business before so i'm like yo your brand is not where it needs to be at there's gaps that marketing can't fill in your brand so from that point forward i was like cool i'll help you with the brand and i'll get you ready to market and then at that point if you want to market using my services then go ahead you could do that if you don't go to somebody else then go ahead and do that as well and then they just they trusted me right away i don't make it i don't try to sell them the property okay i'm selling them me why you should work with me most part i should talk the property nonstop. I'll shit talk the first property like there's ah ceiling sucks blah blah the flooring wasn't done correctly it's dirty yep, yep. it's not worth 400k whatever the price is but I also talk more about what their goals are and during the first initial like I'd say 30 minutes of the meetup it's trying to build some sort of rapport and connection make them laugh you know when you can kind of make them laugh they'll start to drop their guard a little bit and you know bring some honesty and value and show them that you're not here to sell this product. You're selling yourself and why they should trust you. Yeah, I really agree. Especially when you get on the call with a potential client. You want to break the ice, show them you're human, and also show them you care about not just getting them to buy your program. Show that you care about helping them 
with their situation, whether you make the sale or not. You just have to show you care about helping them. Y'all, y'all need to fucking stay motivated. In order to do what you got to do, you guys have to stay definitely motivated. So how do you guys stay motivated? Man, I just love it. I love the, the adrenaline of being constantly on the road, trying to, you know, not knowing where your next paycheck's going to come from. Because, listen, at the end of the day, I'm commissions only. So if I don't sell, I don't get paid. Okay. Right. And there's a little bit of an adrenaline rush to that of, like, finding out how to get your next deal and whatnot and just kind yeah, of constantly yeah. doing it. So it for me, it's more of just I find the joy in that. It's kind of it's a little crazy to say. <clears throat> I agree. 100% agree. So I stay motivated because, same like he said, <laughs> you know, you got to be on the hunt type shit. But, you know, I'm a very disciplined individual. Not every day I feel like messaging 100 people. I just do anyways because I know this is going to get me to where I want to be at the end of the day. And then for me, honestly, it's it's not even a motivation factor. What motivates me is just, like, whenever there's an issue within the business, yep. bring it the fuck on. I want to wake up. I want to tackle. It's the problem solving. It is so fun for me yeah. to solve these issues. Yeah. It's like, okay, I've never seen this before. I want to solve it. And that's not something that I just woke up one day and I had. I had to yeah. develop this, right? So once you love something so much and you just continue to do it, you want to fix these issues. Like for you, if a client comes to you and they're very, they're, they're in denial, right? They have body dysmorphia. Let's say, uh, I don't know, uh, give me a case that you see very often. Let's say somebody's just really overweight and they're in denial. They're like, no, I'm doing good, whatever. What do you do in that case? Well, you have to bring the pain out of them. You have to ask them, like, do you see yourself staying here in the next six months? You have to make them realize the reality of the situation. That's where being a coach really comes in. You got to actually sometimes tell people, what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And in that situation, I would just inform you, have everything laid out, have the facts laid out. But at the end of the day, they have to be the decision maker. I can't force them to yeah. make the decision. I can just give them reality. You can only guide them so much. <clears throat> I'm saying, right. does, does it ever get harsh, though? Do it does. Just like feel bad for them or whatever it may be. People will break down on calls sometimes. They will, they'll end up crying and... That's my job. It is my job to get them into my program so they actually get the results. And sometimes you will have to deal with people's emotions, and that's just part of the game. You're a therapist, man. That's how it is. That's, that's how I feel. I mean, we're, yeah. we're all therapists. We're psychologists, uh-huh. not even yeah. psychologists, because that's what sales is. Sales is just psychology. 100%, man. I've had clients call me at 2 a.m. crying, asking me if this is the right decision, and or you know, telling them, oh, you know, just crying their emotions out or being worried or anxious or whatever it is. And I mean, right. You listen, your job is to kind of listen, help them navigate right yeah. now. If they really don't, if they really want to back out of whatever it is that they want to back out. Sure. Right. We can start that process, but it's about really dissecting the emotions. So you do become kind of like a lice, like a therapist. People just want to be listened to as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then for me, what I've seen work is just telling people, the opposite of what you think, what they think you're going to tell them. So, for example, if somebody comes in to me and they're like, okay, we need this marketing service, I'd be like, no, it's not a good time for you. I can't work with you right now. That's perfect. They're going to trust me right the fuck yep. away, and guess what the hell they're going to come back to? Me. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I could do it for you. Don't worry about it. It'll get done if I promise them the world. Yeah. Everybody promises them the world. Yeah. Right? For you, maybe it's like, okay, you know, the house, maybe it's not a good time for you. The market is not good. The houses are expensive. A hundred percent. Don't buy right now. I had a client, literally the last week he's 
multimillionaire. This guy's rich beyond measures. He was looking to buy an investment property here, Bethesda area. We found this property and he he was looking for it as an investment standpoint, but also yeah. eventually kind of wanted to move into it later on in the future. Yep. And we ran the numbers. We ran the numbers and I told him straight up, listen, this is not a good deal for you. I know you want the property. I mean, we put in a low offer that we knew wasn't going to get accepted. But I told him at the end of the day, if you want the returns that you're looking for, this is not the property for you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I can go find you two other properties that can get you the same return. And ultimately, right, they come back to you because they know that you don't really care too much about the sale. Mm-hmm. You show that you care more about them, they come back to you. It's, it's client retention for yeah. me. It's not really getting the clients. It's keeping them. Yeah. That's the part that you need yeah. to focus on. Create scarcity. Shows the people that you're the honey. <laughs> you're the honey, not yep. the bee. You got the goodies. Yep. I think anyone who has a relationship and has their own business or work, you guys need to be able to disassociate. Disassociate yourselves from, this is my personal shit. I'm going to leave that outside. As soon as I walk into my like work, my doors. It's go time. Baby. Go time. Go you don't, time. you for, completely forget about it. Work hard, play hard. Yeah. Mm. And I'm very against that lifestyle as well, where it's like, okay, I have this many people, I have this many yeah. options. Because honestly, when I was, like I said, when I was younger, I'm pretty young, but a long time ago, right? Yeah, I think I'm not, not too long ago, I was living that same exact life, where it's like, okay, yeah. you have so many options. That shit gets boring, for one. And two, mm-hmm. complete distraction. A complete distraction for me. Right now, I don't go to clubs. I don't, I don't do none of that shit. Yeah. Me, personally, because I don't see a purpose. I don't see a reason to do it. I'd much rather go to fucking sheets and get myself a cheat meal and watch a goddamn <laughs> movie than go to a fucking club and party with degenerates. That's, that's my honest opinion. Yeah. Find a higher purpose in your life, please, because you're not living up to your full potential. So I think, I think that's also where morals come from. I think the number one cause of depression is because a lot of people haven't found God, haven't found their higher purpose. Yeah, lack of purpose, especially for men. Men need to have something they need to do. If you don't like, if you if you were ever unemployed, or you ever didn't do shit for a long period of time, you begin to feel a little bit depressed. And I've been there too. Hell yeah! And the world is extremely hard on men. It's extremely fucking hard on men because everyone gives a shit for trying our absolute best and trying to provide for everybody except for ourselves. Right now, if I ask you, why are you working? I mean, what's the reason to to you working? I like I like making money. I like doing this to make money. Okay, for who? Just for yourself. For me, yeah, pretty much, and my clients to get them results. But in terms of money, just for me, living a better future, I don't have any kids. My family's already making their own money. But, yeah, pretty much for me. Okay, and then for you? I mean, I'm personally working towards my future family, right? You could give me a shed and I could live in a little shoebox so long as I know my family's good and healthy and, you know, that they're financially satisfied for the rest of their lives. So mm-hmm. a lot of my drive and my work goes towards like building a future, right. With my girl, making sure I can retire my mom at some point, you know, and, and help all, my whole family. hundred percent. And back to the point where it's like, okay, we're given so much fucking shit yeah. for not only doing our best, but for providing for other people and providing for ourselves and those around us, yeah. whoever the fuck, right. Let's say you fall in love three years down the line. You'd also be providing for her. Right. Yeah. Helping her out as much as you can. That's I would I would not have a woman in my life if I couldn't provide for her and take her on dates. That's true. Done. Absolutely That's true. done. I agree with that. So so we get shit. And then it's it's crazy to me because even like in relationships, when somebody uh, it's very different. It's a very different scenario. When when a girl breaks up with a guy and you ask 
the girl about that guy that she broke up with, she's going to give you a completely different story. Oh, he's a douchebag. Uh, he's a fucking shithead. He's this, he's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If you ask one of, if you ask, if I ask yeah. one of you guys, if, if you had an exes, if you had any exes or whatever, um, you guys would be like, yeah, she's a good girl. She didn't, you know, she's an okay person. I, think, that. I think in general, right, the golden rule of if you've got nothing nice to say about that person, just don't say it at all. But you know, the, the funny thing is a lot of my clients are super successful, like super fucking wealthy, more than you could imagine. Yeah. And they're the only ones who will be texting me at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Like they're up and already going about their day. So it's very motivating. Even then, you know, I even talked to the receptionist at, um, at my gym and she was telling me that all the guys who have like the Lamborghinis and whatnot that come to the gym, they're all in the gym by 4.30. Yep. They're all ready to go. Yeah, Every yeah. single successful person is up way before the sun is up by 4, 4.30 and they're going already. Mm -hmm. Did you attend college or did you just yes. fully start I graduated school in 2020, which was COVID year. Yep. And I didn't even graduate. Same. Same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I went to college, and it was online college, but I wanted the dorm experience. I wanted the college experience. I couldn't fucking focus because everything was online. I got caught up with multi-level marketing for Forex, and that consumed all my time. I was making money off of that, and I didn't really focus on college like I should have. And I was kind of a degenerate as well, but... I ended up saying, you know what, school college, became a personal trainer for two years at a gym, said, fuck that, decided to work for myself. Mm. Okay. And it's very funny because I don't, I, don't I don't hear this much where somebody was, for example, younger and they were partying and they didn't focus and then somehow they just shifted and started focusing. Usually like yeah. with nerds, they're nerds their whole, their whole entire lives. Like for example, yeah. Elon Musk or whatever, they grew up just fucking nerds. Yeah. Right? So it's now we're seeing this new wave of people just switching right away. So what, what was the reason that you, that you switched? Ooh, I'm going to have to say uh, 2021, I was a big party guy, degenerate, going after the girls, going to every party I could, barely working, not in school, not doing shit with my life. I still kept my passion for fitness, but what really, what really helped me flip the switch was actually talking to men more successful from me, hearing their stories, and kind of mentorship in a way. And it just really made me realize the reality of my situation, the trajectory I was going down, and having that community of other men who cared about me and wanted to help me out really helped me get on my shit and make me realize, okay, I need to start finding ways to make money with what I'm passionate about or whatever to pull me out of that degenerate kind of lifestyle. So I would definitely say community of more mature men. Mm -hmm. That really helped me make that switch. Okay. Exactly. If you, if you had a switch, I don't think Zach had a switch. I think he was just on the whole time. No, I mean, when I dropped, well, I couldn't attend the second semester of Mason because I still had some like leftover dues or whatnot, like 5K. My parents couldn't pay it. I couldn't pay it. Um, I was a personal trainer, managed a GNC, started like, and I was hustling, working. Um, so there was a little bit of a switch of just, I just kept going. And then it really flipped once I started interning here. Okay. Once I started interning, like, at the brokerage I was at, man, interning for the CEO and whatnot, and really just meeting all these super wealthy, successful people, what they're doing in their life, like that just put the drive in a lot more. And I think that's, that's the best thing you could have possibly done. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, it's the you, best decision I've ever made. by people. So I'll give you an example. One of, one of my clients has an office, um, and I, I can't work at home anymore. I started going to that office. That's yeah. where I do all my work in. 
I have a really good relationship with, with, with that client. And the amount of fucking rich people that are just walking around the, the building casually, you can see how they talk. You can tell this guy is a nerd. This guy did this. This guy for, for, for his whole entire life has had this mindset. It's completely different. It is so different. And right now I'm talking to you guys, right? You guys are very well put together. You guys have businesses. You guys are yeah. very mature, whatever. If I go out and I start talking to random people on the street and trying to, to get to know them and they're your age, there's a huge gap. There's right away a huge difference, right? And I've experienced that, right? Yeah. I've hung out with people. Like, for example, I had a podcast, and I, no names to mention, but I went out <laughs> and I hung out with other people to create another video. Yeah. And just the, the, the amount of conversations that, that they were having was just fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how else to explain it, but you don't really notice until you experience it and you actually notice I think most of those guys in college, man, they don't, they don't pay attention to what's going on in the real world. They're so focused on the school and the partying and this and that, mm -hmm. that once they kind of step out and really face reality, right, the matrix, whatever, whatever you want to call it, like, they just don't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. College is – some people – shout out to the people who take college serious. But 100%. For a lot of people, college is – it's high school 2.0. Now we don't have our parents watching over us. <laughs> and but, now you're paying. You're paying like 5K a semester. Not from their part. The parents, they got scholarships. <laughs> they they just like enjoy it. If you yeah. mean frat parties, everything, this, that. Uh, a lot of people in college don't even know what they really want to do at the end of the day as well. You mm -hmm. know, They shouldn't even be in college in the first place. It's just society has conditioned people to graduate, yeah. go to college, it's the next step. If you don't know what you're wanting to do, why are you going to go spend five to seven K a semester? I mean, call it 20, almost $20,000 a year, right? That's why I left. <laughs> right? No, but like, if you don't know what you're going to do, right? Why spend $20,000 a year when you take the year off, take the two years off, go try different things, go educate yourself on whatever it is that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. See if you can make a business out of it and, and focus on it. And if it doesn't work or you finally find out what you want to do, then go to college. It's not too late. Their selling point is that you're risking your life if you don't go to college. That's that's what people have believed this there whole is. entire time. College you're, you're is risking, a business. You're risking no. your life if you go to college. You're risking your life if you don't go to college. Yeah. You're always there's Every, always a risk involved. And everything I said this before, is a risk. Every single thing is a risk. I swear. <laughs> in this yeah. game, in this game is one strike you out. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little generous with it. Like I I hate letting people go, but yeah, three strikes you're out. Mm -hmm. I mean, in my book, but I mean, shit, bro. One strike, like you better get it right. So what does it take for you guys to be a leader? Lead by example. You got to walk the walk. Show by action. You can't just tell people, right? If you're telling people you're a dictator, right? You're dictating them on what to do. You have to show them how to do it. Mm -hmm. I, used to be, I used to be a lifeguard manager back in high school. When I was like 16, right? I was managing like, like all the lifeguards around me and, and people who were older than me too. But I... When I used to be like one of the junior lifeguards and I would just have people tell me what to do, one, I never learned, and two, I hated that person. When I became manager, dude, I, I would lead by example. I'd be like, I'm going to go clean the dirtiest fucking skimmers. At least you can do the two skimmers of the pool that haven't been touched. And they start to appreciate you. And, and by the time I would walk in in the morning, man, they're already working. They're already doing the work, mm -hmm. right? But I was leading by example. I'm not just telling them, oh, you go do this. I don't feel like doing it. I'm also doing it. Mm -hmm. Except I was also doing the harder things, right? And then that kind of pushed them a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Kept them motivated. And for me, honestly, I feel like to be a leader, you have to have some type of authority, right? Cause That's you, true. Because you can't lead if you're not. If you're not That's a, true. You can't be soft. 
can't be at soft. all at all yeah. right so in order to lead i have to be able to say yeah. something and have that thing be done right away yeah. so it's, it's more of a respect thing yeah. more than it is whether it's personal life whatever it may be mm-hmm. if you guys don't mind me asking all right how do you how is your structure for paying intern your interns or any employee that you have okay i'll go first and i just hired my yeah. first employee employee <laughs> last week he yeah. gets he gets commission okay okay it's that's commission good. based he gets 10 yep. percent of my paying and full coaching programs which that's crazy is a lot yep. but i get to focus on more important things while he's getting all the leads and all the calls booked for me i get to do a whole bunch of more important stuff in the back end and i'm booking at least twice as many calls now because i'm able to do other more important stuff like content, helping my actual clients, other marketing. So I yep. give them ten percent of commission, and it's all under the table. No W nine yep. yet. However, in the future, you gotta be smart about all the tax. IRS is watching, man. Yeah, IRS yeah. is yeah. watching. Yeah. I'm saying in the future, <laughs> Uncle Sam, I got you. Don't worry. This is all Joe. This is all hypothetical. <laughs> IRS is not watching. Funny enough, IRS is not watching. Uh, if, they're, they're not watching as much as you think they are. All right, what about, what about you, Ibrahim? Do you have them on a pay structure? Are they free? What? Um, free to a certain extent. Yeah. So here's how I do it. I actually do a 10%, funny enough, as well. Um, for the people that actually do the work that are hired, quote-unquote, full-time, they're not actually full-time, okay. they're contractors. Yeah. So I pay them per project. So, okay, I'll bring on this client. You take care of this client. I'll give you this amount. Okay. You're a, you're a loyal employee, quote-unquote, yeah. of mine. Yeah. And then you have the internship program where whatever project they work on, they get 10% of the revenue for that project. For example, if it's like an affiliate project where they're building the website, whatever, marketing for that affiliate, then they would also get a small percentage yeah. of whatever they're getting as well. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's all it is. I feel like there's a lot of perks in having interns or having people come into your 100%. business when it's small because now they're very active in the process, if that makes yep. sense. So they yeah. can learn a whole lot. And for any entrepreneur out there that's first starting their business, whatever it is, maybe they're making you. Maybe you're making fifty, sixty k, right? You're not making a lot to fully hire somebody. Commission, do commission based. You have a sale, right? And you hire, you get an intern or someone to help you, right? They help you make that sale. You give them a small portion of the commission, right? And they don't do it. They don't get paid. But if they do do work, they they get paid for it. And you don't put a cap on it, and it makes them work ten times harder. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then. Don't do salary when you yeah. studying. Don't do salary. There's no, no point. For you, Kellen, because I know you work on, on a sales-based system as well. Um, what's, what's your sales process like? Just out of curiosity. So from start to finish, client or prospect, I'll use the word prospect because they're not clients yet. So mm-hmm. prospect engages with my social media. I only deal with warm prospects. No cold calls, no cold outreaches. It's all organic. No ads. None should of I say that. the same, bro? We should <laughs> but for now, you know, the future is going to, whatever happens, happens. But for now, they show some type of interest in my content. I message them, ask them what they liked about it. Just start a conversation, normal conversation. If they have any big fitness struggles, they'll let me know then and there because they see my page. They see everything I talk about. I'm a fitness coach at the end of the day. I'm not going to waste too much time. Talking about random stuff, of course. Of course, I'm going to be social, but basically, once the fitness conversation happens, I have to qualify them, see if there's somebody who could actually potentially work with me. So, what qualifies somebody? Somebody who has goals, they're clearing their goals, they need some help, 
getting to their goals and they have a fucking job or at least can afford to invest in their health, as we like to put it. So once all those are figured out through messages, it's really important for them to change. They want to lose 45 pounds, build muscle. We book a call to talk more about how I can help them potentially and see if I can help them. So once we get on the call, break down what's going on for them, really make it about them. It's not about my program. It's about getting them the help they need. And once we're on the call, I preframe it saying, you know, if this call goes well, I'm going to invite you to work with me if, if we feel like we're both on the same page. And I ask deep enough questions to get them open up on their why, why it's so important for them to lose weight, how it's going to affect their life overall. And if all aligns, they tell me everything I need to know. I go for the pitch, and more often than not, they end up joining my program. And sometimes in the calls, of course, I'm going to show past client results, social proof, so they can trust me more, trust yeah. me more, yeah. see that it's actually real, and see that I actually have value that will mm-hmm. change their life. And then they become my client, get them onboarded, get them all in the app and everything. Bada boom, bada bing. So it's not, it's not that complicated at all. It's just yeah. a lot of people overthink this shit. Straight up, hundred percent, bro. I, f- I feel like closing a client is like asking a girl out. It's the same. It's the same fucking adrenaline. The same fucking thing. I swear to God, because yeah. you're gonna go yeah. and you're gonna ask somebody to give you their money. Who the fuck are you for me to give me to give you my money? That's that's the question, right? Treat your clients like you're uh, like you're gonna treat a girl that you want to go out. Seriously, like every client is like a potential. Yeah, man. That's bad. That's a bad advice. For me. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I mean, if I get a little personal, for you, bro, it's a terrible advice, dog. But seriously, I mean, like that's. Oh, I, agree. I think if you treat them the way like you treat like a girl that you're trying to flirt with or get with, like it, it's smooth. You got to have that type of riz with clients. And you got to lead them as well. Client you got to you got to be a yeah. yeah, client riz just <laughs> there's, there's there's a uh, there's a saying that people who are like good sales guy are also really good with women. And you got to be a leader in both areas. You got to lead them to the date, you got to lead them to the sale, you got to lead them. Yes, yeah, it's, it's actually a saying. It's pretty similar. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about us, bro? I'm, I'm going to stay quiet on that. All right. Well, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I've, I've heard that people say that several times. So mm-hmm. in both scenarios, you really got to be a leader and take them from A to B. And if they go off track, maybe come up with a money objection. You got to redirect them to 100%. point B where you want them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the best way to deal with any objection is agree with them. I completely understand. And then blank. And then go back into get them back to to point A, get them back on script. I just have them convince themselves. Yeah, honestly, I mean, you do that. yeah, it's true. That's all it is. Asking the right questions. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then before we wrap it off right here, because I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this as well. This is usually a very controversial podcast where we talk about a lot of controversial shit. Right now, I want to talk about business because I have two very smart <laughs> individuals in front of me. Um, but what's what's the toughest thing about being a man for y'all? No one's gonna come and man. save you. People are gonna save children. People are gonna save women. The man got to figure the fuck out himself. And what I mean by that is, men are supposed to be dependent, not relying on others. They're supposed to be leaders, and those are both traits that come hard to some people, especially if they're not getting the help they want. So I feel like the toughest thing about being a man is no one really cares about you. At the end of the day, you gotta you gotta make it yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one cares about your feelings, but you have to be okay with that. 
got to be comfortable in doing that. No one, I mean, to most people, your feelings don't matter, right? They'll expect you to care about their feelings, right? You'll, you'll probably try to cater to them because you want to, you want to be that savior, but you just have to be okay with no one caring about yours. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a reason if, if like, let's say there's a boat sinking, it's always women and children first and then the men afterwards yeah. because men are willing to take bullets for the people that we fucking love. Right? It doesn't matter. Right. And for me, I think the most beautiful thing and the toughest thing about being a man is that you were born with absolutely no value as opposed to women. And I've said this before in one of my, actually the last podcast as well, women, they're, they grow up with value. The only way to, for a woman to lose her value is for her to throw herself at a man and just completely be a fucking degenerate. Right. But it's absolutely true. But men, we have to build up our value. Right. Yeah. We can lose it to a certain extent, but nobody gives a fuck. It's as simple as that. Nobody gives a fuck. If you don't give a fuck about yourself, nobody's going to come and fucking save you. So stop waiting.